gear up for game day and every day at the Hangar Team Stores. From hats to jerseys, tees, and more, the Hangar has the best selection of official Stars gear for every fan. For a location near you or to shop online, visit HangarHockey.com. I, I think there are going to be some form of sleigh bells, like... Welcome to the Podman Rush, the official podcast of the Dallas Stars, presented by Truly Hard Seltzer. Here's your host, Daryl Razor Ray. Welcome, kiddies, to the 12th Podman Rush, presented by Truly Hard Seltzer, as, I guess, a stand-in for the 12 days of Christmas. How's that, Mike? It's pretty good. Yeah. Well, you know, in the last 12 days, the Stars coming off two things a very successful eastern road trip and then a return home in which they got quote unquote dallas starred so the road show what what did that show us we we did one of these like midstream but what did we end up taking away from what they did out there against some very uh i almost sound like i'm getting emotional here or something in my voice <laughs> Uh, very good competition. I think it proved that they can grind a little bit. They can grind yes. a little bit. That's my first and foremost. I have other items too, but please weigh in on this, if you will, so I can clear my throat. Okay, clear your throat. Um, in the um, all right, I'm done. I've cleared my throat. Oh, damn what, it! Did you finish? <laughs> no, no, not yet. Go ahead. In uh, the uh, Mike Heike positivity vein. Um, they did. They grind. They grinded. Grounded. Something like that. Past oh tense God. of grind. I know. Um, and they did it in key moments with uh, different players stepping up. Uh, I think we had Hockenpah with a big goal. We had Miller with a big goal. Um, you know, in, in really key situations. And I think that was a great sign for what the coaching staff is trying to do. And, you know, they played a really good defensive brand of hockey at, at different times during during the trip. Uh, but if I were to put on my Daryl Ray hat, uh, I mean, two of those games, they basically got saved by the goalie. And oh, if either I see what of those, you're doing there. Yeah. I and so if either there. of those games go the other way. Because I love way, goaltenders. I love goaltenders. No, no, I think, I think you I want the honest, unvarnished truth. No, I love like, goaltenders. They could have lost to Washington. They could have lost to New Jersey very easily because their team play dictated that they could have lost those games. But mm. a goalie stepped up and saved them. And so now as you look mm. back at the trip, you know, mm. did they learn a lot? Were they a lot better? Or did they just get some really good goaltending and then that propped them up? They always say that. Oh, he propped us up early in the game. Well, this propped them up in the series to give the appearance uh, that they really are moving forward. So it's a little bit of both. I think they did a lot of good things. I think they also got helped a great deal by two spectacular goaltending performances. I believe that observation is referred to as all over the map uh, <laughs> is how we, we convey that. Uh, That's yes. why I'm here. Look, Mike, this is not some kind of a new exclusivity uh, thing to the stars where oh my god they went on the road and goaltending won a game from it happens it, it happens at american Airlines center repeatedly where teams walk yes. in and the only reason they win is because their goaltender stood on his head so in a five-game road trip against stiff competition you, yeah your goalie's gonna have to at least be your best player if not just win the game by himself like ottinger did 
when we were in Washington. The one one of the things that struck me was that teams tried and failed at smothering the hints line. You know, you you get the the mini advantage that coaches have on home ice where they get last change. So the other side has to kind of show their cards. Okay, we're going to put this line on the ice, and then they can throw the other line on it. You can change right away. All kinds of stuff can happen. But that that's one of the true advantages of being at home. And it started immediately. You know, the Stars have to put their opening lineup out there against Pittsburgh, and it's like we're starting the hints line. And they can start anything they want on the Pittsburgh side of things. And they're like, we're starting our top line. Sidney Crosby, Gensel, and uh, Ricard uh, Raquel. And uh, we think we can get the better of them. We're just going to go head-to-head. And I don't even know if it was 20 minutes in, 18, let's say. Maybe it was, maybe it was 20, 22 minutes in. They, they just hoisted the white flag and said, no, this is not working. Because they were getting outplayed. Like the Hints, Robertson, and... And Pavelski line was getting more than what the Crosby line was getting. They're like, well, we got to yes. on on two different levels. It's like we need to free up our top line to do something offensively because what struck me on that road trip was how good defensively or without the puck the hints line was. They didn't they didn't score at at the rate that they had been, but they they never got scored on and they outplayed whoever they were playing against. And, you know, the same thing happened. It felt like game in and game out. The one game where they stuck with it, uh, well, you go uh, – so that was the first game, right, in Pittsburgh. The last game was in, in Columbus, and they are so grotesquely undermanned it didn't really matter, I guess. But I found it interesting. They're like, okay, we're going to play Johnny Gaudreau and Patrick Laine and this rookie center iceman uh, as, as our – are head to head with that line, the best line arguably in the national hockey league. And that lasted about 15 minutes. And then they were like, Oh my, this is not going well. Uh, you know, they had like nine shots in the first period. So, uh, and it continued. I don't think it really mattered who they were going to put out there, but, but it was interesting to see how teams were like, I I think we, we better just go power on power here. And then they were like, Oh, nope. But the point I was going to make when they were in Carolina, uh, Rod Brindamore threw a, a five-man unit out there against him, and, and he adhered to it uh, all through the game. And it unfortunately, it sort of turned into or devolved into a special teams contest in that one. So he didn't get as much five-on-five in that. But it was it was Jordan Stahl's line, and it was Pesci and, and Brady Shea on defense throughout the hockey game the, the whole time. And that's how good a line that is. The teams are are trying to find a way to to uh, hobble them a little bit when they face them. And it, to your point, it is nice when you can get important goals from defensemen, whether they're set up by that line or not. And you can get, uh, you know, a break, a, a little puck luck, a, a puck off a pant, whatever, uh, and, and chip in that way. They could have and probably should have had a point in all five games on that trip. Yeah, I agree. And – if you were looking at it on the poly positive side of things, you would say that because I mean they should have got to overtime in Pittsburgh. Yes. Now at the same time, they probably should have got drilled in Washington, and they m- might have got nothing out of the game in Carolina other than another third period rally. Yeah. Uh, but in the end, 
I think you can walk away from that little road trip and say they are one of the league's elites when, A, they get elite goaltending, and, B, they they play attentive defense as a group. Correct? Yes. And, yeah. and I think what was important, as you said at the beginning of this all, is the details. Uh, you know, Tyler talked about it last night that they lost the details in that home game. But, uh, you know, and, and Pete said this from the start is that, look, you know, this organization has built defensive details for years and we don't want to lose that. Yes, we want to be better. Yes, we want to score goals. And they clearly are with, you know, one of the better offensive or goals per game and better power plays. Uh, but at the same point in time, they don't want to lose that. And and I think the road trip showed that they definitely can do that no matter what the situation against whatever opponent. All right. Well, they're back home now and they lost to the Oilers. It was terrible. And this <laughs> this was the, the they got Dallas starred point of things. Yeah. Because in the third period, they got their own treatment. You know, a tie game or, or trailing, and the Stars always seem to be able to go to the riding crop and uh, whack their hind quarters and, and manufacture some offense and at least rally and get it to overtime, if not win games. And... They, they had the two most lethal players in the league basically under wraps for, what, 50 minutes? Yeah, like, it was impressive. I, like, you couldn't find McDavid in the game for most of it. Yep. And, and, then, he, and then he scores. After, right after Dreisaitl got a gift from Miro Haskinen uh, and turned it into a one-pass bang. That, that one stung. And it was, it was a game where the individual mistakes that you can get away with if you're getting just out of it, out of their mind, net minding, and it'll mop up. And then you just, ah, remember the turnover. But when you, <laughs> when you're, when you're not getting that and mistakes turn fatal, you get beat, you get, you get thumped in the end on home ice like they did last night. And when McDavid scored, and I mean, again, it was like, he, he never hit the nitro he wasn't involved in things. He didn't have a shot on goal. I couldn't help but think of the old, I think it was Kevin Lowe, wasn't it? Back in Edmonton in the old days with Brett Hall. And he had the quote. That, yeah, it was, yeah. Was it Hall? Was it, was it Lowe? He was either the GM or the, or the coach at the time. Yeah. And, and it was like, man, the guy has the ability to do diddly squat. I think it was diddly squat, wasn't it? I believe that's correct. Has the ability to do diddly squat for fifty-eight minutes and then score the game-winning goal. <laughs> it was it was so painful. You could hear the absolute frustration in the voice of the quote because the stars would do that repeatedly. It was they would never like fully throttle the Oilers. They just always beat them. They were always just a goal better. They always had the game-breaking goal. And uh, and last night, the tables were turned, and, and it was the Oilers' time to do it. And look, put it in perspective, that, that was the 20th time in 101 meetings between the Dallas Stars and the Edmonton Oilers in which the Oilers defeated the Dallas Stars in regulation. 20 times in 101 meetings. Wow. It's amazing. They, they definitely have had Edmonton's number. It was funny. I was talking to the Edmonton media folk, and uh, they were voicing their frustration over their lack of scoring depth. And I said, well, you know, hey, Dallas, 
uh, had the same problem last year, but they, they seem to have fixed it this year. And then last night, Edmonton seemed to fix it, at least for one game. Yeah, well, that's all we care about, right? We go one-offs. Yeah. I tell you, I looked, I looked last night before the game, and I was like, look at number seven and number eight in the West. That looks frightening because it was the Oilers and the defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche <laughs> sitting seven and eight in the West. It's a good first round. Uh, oh, bid right there. <laughs> my Lord, my Lord. Neither of them thought they would be where they're at at Christmas, but they are, and probably both poised to uh, make their way up the standings a little bit in the second half. So the Stars didn't get what they wanted, which was their 20th victory of the season. And I had this little ditty last night. If they get it Friday against Les Habitants, it would mark the seventh time in the past 16 years that they stacked 20 victories before Christmas. Wow. Now, I know, I know. I, I think it was just because it was a round number that I, I got all excited about it. And then you start looking through the years, and it is. I mean, that's a good – you get 20 wins by Christmas. You're not even halfway through the season. You're well on your way into the 40s, probably deep into the 40s, maybe a 50. And the Stars do have a ton of home cooking to come in the second half of the season. But if you run through these 20 victory things, almost every coach that's ever coached the Dallas Stars has done this. You look through the last little while. So in 2019, it was Monty, and then it was Bones. Bones took over what? Like the 10th of December? Does that sound right? Yeah, I think I think that's right. So they were both involved in a 2014 and four mark. Uh, in 2017, Hitch 2.0 was here. Oh my gosh, he screamed out of the gate. They were 2014 and three. In 2015, it was Lindy Ruff, and that was the year they won the division. They went berserk at the beginning of the year. Yeah. I, how about this? At Christmas, they were 26. Seven and two. Wow. Uh, in 2012. Leading the league in scoring, no less. How about these ones, though? In 2012, Gullitson was behind the Stars bench. He was behind Edmonton's bench as an assistant last night. But Gully's 2012 team went 20-13-1. and one. In 2010, Mark Crawford was behind the bench. And Crow's team went 21 10 and four was that the year that they went into Vancouver and they were just scorching the league. And then they lost three guys in one game in Vancouver and that, they, yeah, they may have been never it. fully recovered. And then you go all the way back to 2007 and tips team in 07. And that was the tumultuous season where they ended up going to the conference final. Uh, but Doug Armstrong was fired, and Holly and and uh, Les Jackson took over, and all that. They were twenty-one, twelve, and four at Christmas. So, Stars have the ability to take care of business against the Montreal Canadiens and join those groupings, and they would be twenty-nine and six at Christmas. So they'd be good boys. They get lots of stuff under the trees <laughs> if you win twenty by Christmas. It's the whole idea. I think that's what they, their whole goal is to get lots of stuff under the tree. Yeah. And so Christmas is about 20 wins. And Christmas is for the children, Mike. Which brings us point. to Wyatt Johnston. 
Uh, he could be at the World Junior Championships with Stank and uh, everybody. Team yeah, Canada. I think one of the, the Team Canada guys even, yeah, even said that. Like he goes, whoa, think of how good we'd be if Wyatt Johnston was here. Well, think of how good Wyatt Johnston would be if he was there. He'd be an yeah. absolute superstar. Here right now in the National Hockey League, on one of the best teams in the league, he's like a 2B center iceman, right? I don't know if he's 2A, maybe 2B, just underneath, right? Yep. At 19. He's so smart. He never looks unsure or overwhelmed. Uh, he, he's been productive. He co-leads all NHL rookies in even strength goals with eight. And on this team, only Robertson and Hintz have more even strength goals than 19-year-old Wyatt Johnston at even strength. It's not like this yes. is all fueled by, oh, look, you know, it's power play time. and, and all. No, even strength. Goals. Now, face-offs, I think, are improving ever so, sli <laughs> ever so slightly. But he is, getting, he is just joining a long list of I, like world-class young center icemen who get dummied on the dots their first go-around. But he's taking more face-offs now. It, it feels like he's holding his own a little bit better. And, uh, man, you, you watch him, and you're just like, when he's 29, what's he going to look like yeah. if he looks like this at 19? Yeah, uh, Pete even said he was going to use him more on defensive face-offs and uh, consider him on the penalty kill. And when you look at what his career was, I know he missed a year of junior, uh, but when he was used in junior hockey, a lot of times it was as a two-way centerman. So he can do all those things. He just has to learn to do it at the highest level. Do you know, we, I was thinking this last night as I was just calling the living bejesus out of uh, that game on radio. <laughs> He, it reminds me of, of the infancy of Joe Sackick's career. That's what Whoa. he reminds me of. He reminds me of Joe Sackick. That's pretty good. Like, really smart, quiet, kind of unassuming. But I could see this kid ascend up the ranks, you know, with some, some patience and some time and end up being the captain of the Dallas Stars somewhere down the road. Yeah. I can see it. I mean, yeah, I, no, I definitely can too. Look, again, they're, they're they're doing such a brilliant way of nurturing the kid. Like he deserves what he's getting just on merit, on on talent. But they've had him play exclusively with the captain of the Dallas Stars who's been the captain forever. Uh just picked up his 800th career point last night. And he's been riding shotgun with him all year. And he's living with Captain America. So, I mean, he, he's basically being enveloped by lead, leadership, talent, veteran guys to make sure that he's in a little cocoon <laughs> of, of stardom here right now, which I think is just delightful yeah i talked to jim no about him the other day and and jim said the thing that has impressed him the most is what a quick learner he is like you know he's got his mouth shut his eyes open ears open and he just he soaks it all up and then processes it and uses it um i, I gotta tell you i'm a, i'm surprised because in training camp i thought oh he's gonna get pushed around a little bit he's kind of small he's not that muscular um and he's 19 years old you know I, I don't know if he can handle this and he has just gotten better every game and looks unfazed 
by, by, you know, going up against Crosby, going up against Ovechkin, you know, playing tough teams on the road. Uh, you know, Jim was saying, you know, going into Toronto and Montreal and Boston, he goes, that's a scary thing for a 19-year-old. And he just learned from it and moved forward. Yeah, I think it's an exciting thing. And he's not cocky in the least no. bit, but he's confident. You can see that. You can see that immediately. And, yeah, I mean, he's like a perfect rookie where they don't say much and everybody wants them to do well. They want to make sure that that, that type of young man uh, excels. And he is right now. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, how about some housekeeping? Okay. Uh we got we got called out on on our mileage log error on uh, Twitter. We tried. <laughs> we I mean we were just spitballing. Yeah, that's but, all we do here is but, just kind of make stuff up. But man, I mean, like we're, we weren't a hundred percent serious on it. We were just throwing out ideas on on some geo mapping and what have you. And a loyal listener did the map math, uh, and he went to the granularity, and apparently. Tampa is not our geo rival. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> so, uh, Trent, yes, uh, St. Louis is the closest. The the show me state. You showed us where the show me state is 546 miles away, airport to airport, I believe. And then it's Nashville. Closely followed by Denver. See, the problem with Denver, though, it's 650 miles to Denver airport, and then it's 325 miles from the airport into Denver proper. So it is a long trip there. Yes, it is. Uh, And then Chicago, 793, but you're not factoring in the four-and-a-half-hour bus ride uh, from O'Hare to the hotel because of traffic in uh, the loop. And then uh, number five is uh, Minnesota, Minneapolis, 850. Tampa is 917. And as Trent pointed out for us, everyone swings and misses. So I guess we struck out, Mike. Um, you know, 400 batting average, isn't that supposed to be pretty good in baseball? I believe it is, but we swung and missed. And uh, look, all we do is we try to we try to uh, prompt thought and uh, debate and uh, what have, and we did that. That's a yeah. win for us. That's a yeah, thousand. We sent him to, we we sent him to the encyclopedia. On that one. <laughs> <laughs> so th- to follow that up too, they were talking about how they would like more of these geographical uh, matchups. I think the thing that prompted it, am, am I right? Like the Oilers and the Flames are done. For the oh, year, I think, I think. Really, I didn't I know think, that. I think they're like Yikes. us in and uh, Winnipeg. Yeah, where it's just it's over. Like we won't see the we won't see the Jets again until if they meet in the playoffs. We don't see them again in the regular season. And I, I yeah. think the I think the Battle of Alberta might be over. Now I'm sure we'll get called out on that if it's not true. But that's why we do this because we're not well, supposed to be a hundred percent. Well, and it, it is weird. It seems like we've gone from five to four to three now, you know, divisional matchups. And that just doesn't seem like that many anymore. No, no. So now the thought was, I don't even know if there's any truth to any of this stuff. It's fun, though. It's, toss it out there. Sure. Uh, 
that's what all the other leagues do all the time, and then they talk about it uh, ad nauseum on every television channel I turn on, NBA, NFL. The, uh, they're talking about going to 84 games instead of 82, and then perhaps playing teams in your division like eight times again. That might be overkill. Yeah, a little bit. People get tired of, really? They're here again? Nashville again? Okay. It was almost like the COVID year where it was like, please, I know why we're doing this. I know we're doing it. I'm, I'm happy we're doing games, but uncle on another game. What do we do? Like four in a row against Detroit at one point? Remember that? Well, that that was that one year where what was that's it, what teams? I just said. Yeah, yes, yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, it was not fun. Oh man, uh, what else you got? Anything? What do I got? Um, you have a big bag of nothing, or you got a Santa bag? What do you have? Uh, <laughs> you want to talk about your best uh, Christmas present? Yeah. What are you putting under the tree for the Dallas Stars this this Christmas? Are you putting well, it in I, the, the stocking? The, this is more of a personal one, but I got a Johnny Lightning uh, race car set when I was about uh, eight years old. And still, you know, I can't imagine how excited was that, that like guy was. Was that like in the 20s or something, Mike? <laughs> a Johnny Lightning race set? What? It, it was uh, like Hot Wheels. Uh, oh, but Hot these, Wheels. I loved Hot Wheels. They were fun. Well, Johnny Lightning actually had this thing that had batteries set that would that shoot the cars loop. up. That's right. Well, this was a black loop, and Johnny Lightning cars would go, uh, they'd shoot them right out. So I'm sure there's uh, three people out there who know who Johnny what Lightning is. You mean shoot them right out? Shoot what right it, out? Flames? So it, yeah, it had, well, it had two little rubber wheels, and when the car went into the little garage, the wheels would be spinning because of the battery power, and then it would shoot them out down this big loop of a track, and you know, you try and get them going as fast as you can. It was good times. Hmm. Wow. Did you also <laughs> play with like rocks and things or? Uh, we had some sticks. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> Go outside now, and play with rocks. I never for the Dallas Stars. I never experienced the, my Johnny. Why, why was every toy Johnny back in the day? I don't know. Because my whole world was Johnny West. Oh, Quest. And I, I had it all. I had Johnny, yeah. not Quest, West. Johnny Quest, right? Well, another Johnny. Every, I'm telling you, everything was Johnny. Okay, that's maybe uh, a Canadian thing. No, what? Johnny West? Johnny Johnny Quest was, he ran around with Haji and Reese Bannon and he was a cartoon. No, no, Johnny West was like in the, this was in the wheelhouse of like Gunsmoke and, oh. and Bonanza being on television. So it was like, it was cowboys, it was horses. I had the corral, I had the barn, I had it all. I love always, that. I pl- oh, I love. You were always my a rancher type. I know. I love my horses, man. Loved it. But Johnny West was that was legit. That was legit <laughs> cowboy. If you were into cowboy dolls, I guess is what it was. <laughs> dolls. Big Palomino horse. It was nice. It was good fun. I like it. No, I was thinking uh, for the stars. Yeah, I, that's a great point. I think that's now, a great debate to have. They don't appear to be wanting for much, and yet. They don't seem spoiled. How about that? I think that's fair. Yeah. That's really good. They, they don't really need that much, but they don't act like they are going to hang a banner already. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and I mean, we've seen in the past that adding the one guy can make a big difference. So I think they have to be patient in creating cap space and then finding that one guy. 
And, you know, it seems like there's just a huge opening right there next to Tyler Sagan. Uh, you know, Pete talked about it again last night that, you know, Tyler's got to drive a line and, and they've been searching for who that line is. And, you know, he even broke it up in, in a couple of recent games by taking Marchman away. Um, so, you know, if the stars could go find a compliment to Tyler Sagan, uh, I do think it would, you know, it would make them even more dangerous than they are, which is pretty dangerous right now. You know what, Mike, I refuse to talk about cap space uh, and salary and and what have you at this time of year. You know why? Santa doesn't run a, a cap world. Ooh. Santa does not run a cap world. There's nothing cap. Whatever you ask for, you can ask for anything you want. I, I got the Neiman Marcus catalog again. <laughs> Speaking of speaking of asking for anything, but you can ask for anything. No, not, it's like the it's like pre salary cap world NHL when it comes to Christmas and Santa for me. Okay, yeah, you just dream, dream big, man. Don't worry about the cap. Santa doesn't, Santa doesn't say exactly. <laughs> Santa doesn't sit there and go, "Oh, really? You'd like that? What was it? The the Johnny Loop uh, Johnny Lightning, yeah, or Johnny Lightning Loop thing." It's like, you know what? We just don't have space for that. So here's, we, we, uh, we whittled out of wood this, this little car. The wheels, three of the four wheels are still attached. Uh, if you get it on a bit of a grade and you roll it downhill, it, it'll, go, it'll go like lightning. I swear to goodness. And then you just make <laughs> your own noises. And down it goes. That's the cap world. I don't live in that. I live in the world where you ask for that, you get it, Mike. You get it. All right. Do you want to know what I want? No, I want to talk about what maybe the stars could get if you were going to get him anything. If I was going to get him anything, I would get him Patrick Kane. I think. Oh, you're just going to get him the Patrick Kane doll. Yeah. I like it. You said anything. There's no No, cap. No, I like it. To me, he is the perfect fit for Tyler one. And two, I just love the guy. I mean, I ever since I told Stefan Robida this, I don't know, 10 years ago, I said, I was in the locker room over there and this guy's tiny. I mean, tiny, like a little elf. I said, just hit him. And Roby looks at me, he goes, it's really hard to catch him. Yeah. And he, he's the same guy. Like the fact that he has done what he has done consistently for years and on a team that, you know, at some point in time, he probably said, you know, we don't have a chance to do anything this year. Yet he still goes out there and produces and competes. Uh, So if if there was one guy you could add to this team who I think would make it even better, it would be Patrick Kane. See, I'm thinking along the same lines, but what I would do, I would probably just get uh, Connor McDavid and move Tyler to the wing. Okay, that is smart. That was one of the things I was going to ask for. If there's no cap, I mean, we're yeah. not talking about a cap. No, I was thinking more of this. The The home fire could burn a little bit brighter for this group. We could, we could burn the home fire a little brighter. Uh, they're only, what are they, nine, four, and three, I think? Something like that, yeah. Home, they suffered their, some of their worst losses have been at home. You recognize that yeah maybe just because last night ended up being six three again but they lost six remember the game against the rangers they lost six to three 
Yep. They should have beat Toronto, but their goalie was out of his mind. Yeah. But they lost four to nothing. That the five four loss to San Jose feel felt like it stung. Yes. And in many of the other games, they've had to rally really hard to win or get a point. You know, the game against Chicago looked like it was lost. Uh, they had to rally late against Winnipeg to get to overtime. Same thing with Minnesota. They had to tie the game against Ottawa here. Uh, and their their number one ranked road power play uh, is only like 24th at home for whatever reason. It's been a weird – I feel like it's been a weird uh, start to the season on home ice. Yes, I agree with you. And, and maybe part of that is all the – travel and and come back and it's just a couple of games and then on the road again like even this they come off a five game road trip they play two games at home boom they're back out on the road again in the division yeah so it's been it's been a little odd that way they're gonna have that that what is it in uh is it in january they have february they have the big long stretch of just like home 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 man oh yeah maybe it's a maybe it's a good thing that it's been kind of good good but yeah it could be better and that's going on right now instead of the in the new year we're in that stretch where that would that would be problematic if they were kind of hit and miss and up and down and inconsistent uh in that that straight i think they're gonna I think they're going to go berserk at that time and just go nuts, rack up tons of points. That's my that forecast. I'm crystal like balling that. Well, so anyway, I think, I think they should think, get some pinion wood and some gasoline, and they should light this thing here on home ice starting on Friday against the Montreal Canadiens. It's a good plan. Uh, you know what I, I like about this team is when they've had an issue, they've addressed it, and they've improved in that area. Uh, so I think they're listening to you right now, and they're going like, Phew, "We got to, we got to fix this for Yeah, there's, this, this there's is our no, Christmas present to him. There is no question that they go to the podcast for all their <laughs> uh, direction. And uh, oh, I didn't even realize that. Maybe we should get going that way, since we only have the sixth best uh, points percentage in the league right now. <laughs> you know, like it, it, they they don't go on any extended slides they you're right they have something that rears its little ugly head and they bash it down like a wa- uh, whack-a-mole and uh, and they look they look better almost immediately after that so uh they, they've been very consistent in their efforts home and road it's just the results haven't always been fully consistent and it's been weird at american airlines it's been intoxicating i've enjoyed every minute of it other than those games that i mentioned where you know and there are things that 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 obviously contributed to that the game against the rangers otter got injured in that one um they had a bad two minutes and got beat up pretty bad by san jose with boom boom couple goals against and lost by one um just i don't know I, i look i honestly when i was looking for gifts to get them i had to search because I was like, I think they have everything right now. I don't, other than McDavid and... and uh, <laughs> Patrick who, Kane. Pat, yeah. Patrick Candy Kane and, and Connor McDavid under the tree. Boom. Done. 
Move on. Payroll, be, 135 million. <laughs> but we don't care because it's Christmas. There is no yeah, salary cap for Santa. There is no salary cap. Okay. Anything else? Is that, That's all I got. Yeah, I it is. I think this has been uh, a wonderful uh, send off to the holidays. Uh, I think I think everyone needs to stay warm out there right now. Oh my. It's colder than Santa's cheeks, and I mean all four of them. All four of them. So warm your buns out there, people. This has been a Podman Rush presented by Truly Hard Seltzer. And Mike, I know you echo uh, my words in wanting to wish uh, you all, or as I believe we say down here in the parlance of the South, y'all, a very happy holiday and a Merry Christmas. I do echo that. Well, then echo it. Oh, look, echo, echo, echo. No, uh, I will say uh, this, Daryl. No, don't say anything. I'm going to say, say goodbye. it. No, ho, I can't. Ho, ho, what? We're very lucky to have the fans here that we do. Oh, my God. Uh, Mike. I mean, I, it's a Christmas, right? You can say that. It's oh, a, I'm standing yes. around the table. I'm raising the glass of champagne. Is this where you uh, are trying to toast our fans and you start to cry a little bit and you fight a back bit. a tear or two uh, that, for good that reason? Dang, that dang arena is filled pretty much every night. Look, and I'm, that's I'm, impressive that was a late, in a, that in a was southern a, That southern was city. a late game last night, and I'm standing there looking around, and it was Bulging. Yes. That was a bulging edifice in downtown, downtown Dallas last night at Puck Drop. Yes. It was phenomenal. I, I love that environment. I love how they try to get they, – they could recognize the guys didn't fully have it. Yeah. And they're trying to boost them. And then in those games where they have been rallying up a storm, man, they are part of it. They are part – and the opposition – Players talk about it. Yeah. Once that team gets going in that building, when you hear in that building, they're not talking about the rafters and uh, the the uh, essence of concession wafting in. And they're just talking about people in seats. And you're right. They, they are phenomenal. So go finish yours, and then I'll say ho, 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 and we'll be out of here. Thank you, fans. It's been fun this year. Well, for many years. Uh, let's keep it going in 2023 that was beautiful (laughs) ho 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 you've been listening to the Podman Rush with Daryl Razor Ray presented by Truly Hard Seltzer an official production of the Dallas Stars to stay up to date on all things stars visit DallasStars.com or download the official Dallas Stars app today so eloquent so beautiful Want to stay up to date on what's happening with your favorite team? Now you can by signing up to become a Dallas Stars insider. With Gurionov and Ben and a shot stop, Sagan rebound, score! Get the scoop on the latest team news, exclusive ticket presales, contests, and much more. Delivered right to your inbox. Ran himself right into oh, it. Oh, scored! How in the world? Subscribe today and start getting yours at DallasStars.com insider.